Greetings, friends! Welcome back to our final October Mega Marathon episode of this, the Film Alchemist Podcast. The show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey. Guys, I can't believe we've made it to the end of another October Mega Marathon. Thank you all so much for doing this with us. We know it's a lot of content, but God damn it, we love horror movies. So it's been a delight this year as always. One of our best years ever, right? So thank you so much for doing this journey with us every year. Before we get to today's Capper episode and our wonderful guest, a little bit of business. We are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to support the show. The best way for you to get the most out of the show. Uh, every month you get a vote on exclusive Patreon episodes. We have miniseries coming out. Our Tales from the Griff miniseries starting next month, tomorrow. Uh, we will have our Tales from the Crypt miniseries, Tales from the Griff, going up over there. Feature-length commentaries. If you like us enough, we can even get you uh, a double feature that you yourself program. So, guys, we are working hard to make that worth your time and money. So, if you'd be so kind, that is patreon.com slash Pod. Do it. Do it. Thank you, please. For those of you who already do, thank you. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. The channel is Film Alchemist. If you want to see our these faces, see these beautiful faces that we have. Um, sometimes more better than others. You know how it is with aging. Uh, guys, email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. You can find us there. Uh, make sure you leave five-star ratings and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. All right. Sorry, I'm excited. We're at the precipice. We've climbed all the way into the abyss and back out. Uh, we're looking back on another wonderful October mega marathon. I am so happy today. Uh, we are ending with a movie that is truly worthy of ending 31 days of podcast, The People Under the Stairs, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I found this movie too young, um, and so it sat on me in a weird, strange kind of vibe way. And as I've got older, I just find even more stuff to love about this movie. What makes this even better, this journey today, this movie that I can't believe we haven't talked about by this point, we're closing in on damn near 500 episodes. Um, so to still have gems like this left is a wonderful gift. An also wonderful gift is today we are joined by our dear friend and author, Ashley C. Ford. You guys have heard her on this show before. You probably bought and read her wonderful book, Somebody's Daughter. If you haven't, you should. I believe I told Ashley this before. But I was reading it on a beach here in Indiana at the Dunes. And I ugly cried in a way that these young kind of teenage girls saw what was happening to my weird bulbous middle-aged body. And we're repulsed. So that's the kind of read it is. It's going to get in your guts. It's going to get in your body and uh, and change you, right? And that's how it feels to talk to Ashley. Um, just one of the coolest, most wonderful people we've ever met, right? Funny. Insightful. Tells it like it is. Every time we get to talk to Ashley, I almost have to prepare. Because when I leave that pod, I know that my face and my stomach are going to hurt from laughing and smiling. Um, just an absolute treasure of a human being. I can't believe she makes time to talk to two dopes like us, but God damn it, I'm uh, happy that she does. Uh, we are proud to have her anytime that she has time. Um, she's truly one of our, our most favorite people in the entire world. And this podcast is truly one of my favorite pods we've ever done. That is Ashley's gift to us. This pod is our gift to you, the listening audience, for doing so many episodes with us this month. It has been a wonderful uh, journey this year. Now we must recover. We must hibernate and rest and recover. I may or may not already be planning next year. Sorry, Alex. Uh, but <laughs> so hopefully you will uh, come back 
and uh, do it again with us. And I think when you hear today's episode, The People Under the Stairs with our friend Ashley C. Ford, you will be excited to do it all over again as well. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. everyone welcome to the show our dear friend ashley c ford <laughs> welcome back hey closing down the october mega marathon this is the halloween episode uh one of my favorite movies of all time ashley would you like to introduce yourself and the movie we'll be discussing today yes my name is ashley c ford i am a writer and a podcaster and a general gal about town um and today we're talking about one of my first favorite films the people under the stairs oh yeah which is so (laughs) amazing and um star what's the star's name guys the the little boy do you know his brandon adams brandon adams who i had a huge crush on in my youth because he was um the only black boy in a lot of really popular white films wasn't he and the Mighty Ducks kid? Mighty Ducks. Who kept the Dominguez in the Sandlot. Yep. He was also in Sandlot. He was in so many things. He was also uh, in Man. Moonwalker with Michael Jackson. <laughs> he was. was amazing. That was I only played the arcade role. game of that. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. It's pretty um, awesome. Yeah, you're just Michael Jackson fucking slicking around and killing everyone. It, it is awesome. the best. The smooth criminal part, um, all pixelated and stuff, and stuff is very cool. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I love this film. It's about uh, a little boy in the hood who, you know, man in the house. His mama's sick. They they're behind on rent. They about to get evicted, and he he needs to get some dough. So you know, he gonna go hang out, rob this place with uh, with holiday Ving hearts, Ving Rhames, <laughs> and. <laughs> They get into this house and uh, shit is not as it all is not as it appears in this motherfucker. <laughs> it's a lot going down uh, in the walls and in the basement and under the people. Like it's just oh god, it's 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 a lot going on. Just when you think this shit couldn't get no weirder, it gets weirder than that. It's terrible. <laughs> And it, I love it. It's awesome. Do you want me to say more about the plot or no? <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah, I remember seeing this as a kid, and it was one of those first, like, movies that really made me feel weird. Yes. Because you're me just like, too. there is so It seems like a pretty straightforward movie at the start. And then it just it has all these weird things that, as a kid, I couldn't quite process, right? The, right. The, the parents, right? Mom and dad, their kind of lifestyle wasn't fully setting in on me. I just knew in my core, I was like, this is wrong. Like, something's not right here. So, I, I, I don't know. It's a very memorable film from my very early days. <laughs> I don't even know if I was like, something's not right. I just remember sort of having, like, I think of, like, the 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 old black granny inside me like was activated at that point because she was like this is some weird shit going on right here like i remember having a thought like that and being like yeah i'm gonna keep watching (laughs) yeah it's fair 
it's such a fucking bizarre because yeah it is just this you know all this shit's going down and then bing rames's solution is i think it's time for you to start robbing right like it's time yes. for you to start being a criminal so you already feel bad for this kid in general there is something about the moment though when they dress him up as the cub scout bro and send him to the door you're like this is so red riding hood wrong right yep. <laughs> so it just kind of sits on you the whole fucking movie because it's really funny and well written but there yep. i think that kind of is the top layering that you know makes it seem easier to watch but it's really fucking disturbing throughout the film yeah it also sort of came out in what i consider a little bit of like a when i was a kid it felt like a heyday of mm. like wild movies where black people were allowed to be very weird <laughs> and be in like very weird situations yeah you know like tales from the hood is some shit that it's like it allowed us to be involved in some weird shit which i i really deeply enjoyed like vampire in brooklyn did the same thing oh yeah, yeah. You know, it allowed you to see like the hood as spooky, like because before the hood was just supposed to be scary, like yeah, it was supposed right. to be like like Candyman, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like then, when the hood could just be spooky, I really like that. And there's something in this movie. There's a mix between like the real life scariness and the fantastical spookiness, because. Yeah. You know, it's very real and scary that a bunch of inbred white folks buy up the block <laughs> and and try to like, you know, push black people out and treat you like rats and trash and shit like that and become wealthy off of doing yeah. that. very wealthy. That's all reality based scary. But it's wild to think that them white people might have a bunch of children in their basement who they've neglected <laughs> to the point of cannibalism. Yeah. And at least one of them lives in the walls yeah. actively uh, <laughs> after you cut his tongue off. Yeah. You know, the architecture of this house was pretty impressive. It I, is, uh, I don't think I don't think I don't think the uh, that mommy and daddy had anything to do with that either. Yeah. I think they kind of no hint way. at that. This is like a generational thing. Right. Because one of the mm -hmm. things I liked is that it wasn't all the carnage didn't have to happen in the hood, which is already a place that's been fucking brutalized by these people. But you actually go inside of this rich white landlord family's house, right? Where in theory, that should be the American dream, right? Everything's cool in there. And you go yeah. inside. And even though they seemingly have every advantage and everything going for them, you see how fucking depraved it is inside of that house. Yeah. And I think that was a really cool, you know, kind of visual way to do this, right? It's a much less interesting movie if the house that the family's already or the apartment building they're already being evicted from is where all the scary shit happens. Right. I like the idea of them going into this place where they're like, that's where we want to be. And they'd be like, now we just got to get the fuck out of here. Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I like, I always like Wes Craven, like degradation of Americana, like something about yes. the way he does it is. And again, Wes Craven being, Wes Craven, like this particularly is really, this particular is really fascinating. It's probably one of his more interesting movies, to be honest with you. Cause like all his movies, all of his horror films have this social element to them. That is like commentary in a way that you need. Like I why again, why I, I like nightmare on Elm street. It's why I like scream people on the stairs 
is no exception. And if anything, I'd say it's probably the most social commentary he ever did in a movie. Oh yeah. But I agree. I love that. I love how fucked up this house is. Like, <laughs> I think too, because like the inside, this is like always the thing I like about this is the inside feels like it hasn't changed since like the twenties. Like it's yep. old inside. It's yeah. not like it's like, oh, rich people live here. It's like, oh, Charles Foster Kane lived here and then like left after 20 minutes. Like <laughs> yep. it's fucked up. He inside. took Rosebud and got the fuck, he out. Took Rosebud yeah. and got the fuck out of this house. Yeah. Like it's, it is Dude, not a nice house. They even dress their daughter like an old timey yeah. pioneer. Like a little doll. They do. It's yeah. not a nice house. Like they I do. think that's the really important She looks important like white thing. Addy. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Even just the first scenes, right? Where it's like father by the fucking, you know fire and mom and she's kind of like sitting in the corner he's just eating meat that still has the buckshot in it yeah it's fucking horror so even the family images we were like all right maybe they're like at some point was like a nice family and things just got a little out of hand you're like (laughs) no every image with them is no they've been terrible forever i'm not here to defend the fucking family of the house except for i do think we kink shame them too much i think (laughs) we kink shame if you and your wife have a gimp suit and you like to call each other mommy daddy and fucking smack each other around or whatever that's fine that's your business just don't put people in your no basement. kids under the bed yeah. though no kids under the <laughs> stairs not a don't bed. kink shame daddy for his fucking gimp suit that was the first time i ever saw that in my life and i it was hard for me as a young boy to process like what is the point of that because <laughs> oh, to me sure. he looked like a batman villain but it was also sexy so i didn't know how to react. i don't know when the I first thought- time i saw a gimp suit was I thought it was just supposed to be scary. I yeah, thought it exactly was supposed right. to be like yeah. an alien or something like that. And I was like, oh, get the fuck, the alien is here. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what I thought. But then you're and like, then, it's really tightening everything up. It's making him look a little more shapely. You know what I'm saying? So like somewhere in my mind, I knew what it was for, but I did it all the way process. <laughs> I didn't really get it until my, uh, until like the first, I think the first time I saw a weird porn magazine. Cause like, you know, like Playboy is out there yeah. and you know that like, yeah, you yeah. know, there's some like the regulars, but every once in a while there's some independent shit that somebody has and they show you some shit. You're like, Whoa. Yeah. There's someone with like a thousand magazine circulation. And it's for those thousand people. That <laughs> read it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When yes. you get to the end of your internet video porn and you're like, wow, only a thousand people have watched this? Jesus Christ. <laughs> 562 views, huh? Well, yeah, I'm yeah. one of those. 23 of them are me. What the fuck? No. <laughs> it happens. But that's what I mean. Like, I, sometimes you just run out of shit I to watch. shame dude. not. Well, no, because I told you I used to have my theory, right? Where I'd have like the softcore, like HBO late night on the TV. And then I'd light a candle, and then on my, like, phone or tablet, I'd have, like, the really gross shit. It's so, like, that's just where I existed, you know, for a weird part of my early life. <laughs> it's that sweet spot, you know, right in the middle. That's there. what this is you about, right? Opening setup. the door to our mansions and exposing our true selves to each other. <laughs> I, have, I'm, I, I have known few people to have such an elaborate setup. Oh, yeah. During the moment, but... Yeah. I can see how if you want to make it an intimate experience for yourself that you might. I don't want to just use and abuse myself. I don't want to treat myself. (laughs) I'm not here to degrade myself. That's me time. When you say it like that, does this fall under the category of just self-care? Would we just say it's self-care? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) One thousand percent. Yeah. You got to get your car's oil changed. You know what I mean? You got to get your car's oil changed. That's what happens. Yeah. You got to wear the Kim suit sometimes. I do have a question about mom and dad. What do you 
because they say they adopted all those kids, right? Or not ad- yeah. adopted is the wrong word. Kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapped and stole. But there's also this subtext of it. Well, not subtext. It's text, right? The, the inbreeding, right? For sure. Do you think that any of those people under the basement are their actual kids? Here's what I think. I think there's a possibility, but I think the greater possibility that's implied by the film is that the family has been inbreeding for so long that they can't, that they can't have oh, man. their own children. And that's I... why they keep taking the children. Yeah. And they're trying to get, they, cause I, I mean, like when you can't have your own children, especially with people like that, how easy would it be to delude yourself yeah. that like the problem with all these other children is that like, if you had had them, if they yeah. had come out of your, then they would be holy and they would be great yeah. and they would be perfect and right. But these kids will never be right. But that you explains deserve. the suit and stuff, right? They had to spice it yes. up. They had to yep. keep, keep going on this arduous barren path. No, yep. <laughs> I'd buy that. That makes sense. What if like, what if after like possibly at some point, cause also that lady looked old as hell. And also like, <laughs> After them, like, you know, possibly trying for so long and, like, having it not happen, it could be that, like, that's the only way she would allow him to, like, have sex with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why they're so fucking angry. You know? Because now there's no, like, you're not trying to be fruitful and multiply. Right. You know? So if it's going to be dirty, then it's going to be on her terms. Oh, mm. that may, it is. It's kind oh, of one of the that's awesome so much things more sinister. Movie. Jesus Christ. It's very yeah. sinister. Right. Because even I'm, this, right? They're portrayed ugh. as just these people that. Probably they're, true, though. They're so <laughs> obviously racist all the time in the movie. For sure. Yeah. But there's something about them abducting white children and still thinking they're not good enough that kind yeah. of deepens the psychosis, right? I think that the daughter even says, right? They'd all go bad and daddy would cut out the bad parts. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> right. Not okay. So, yeah, there's even this thing like right. no one is even good enough for them, right? Yes. It's a real deep and terrifying psychosis, right, that's kind of masked in the – It almost this movie almost plays as Looney Tunes at sometimes, right? Right. It's like a lot of this like Tom mm-hmm. and Jerry running around from contraption to contraption. When you get under that, though, it's fucking horrifying. In this environment, though, you got to think about it like with them, with nobody else being good enough, like these are not isolated people. What would what would encourage them to inbreed except for the belief that there was something more pure about oh, yeah. not just like their white blood, but the blood specifically of their family yeah. versus everybody outside of their family. Yeah, mommy and daddy's mommy and daddy's history is certainly called into question, I would say, because it is like, <laughs> it is, but it is this weird, you're, you're you don't right, think though. there are pillars of the thing. community like, that can be trusted. It goes beyond like, it's not, I mean, it's very clearly racist, but it goes beyond that. It's like, it is just them. Like not, they also hate like everybody. So oh, for sure. They're just going to like, yeah, like cut out the bad parts. Essentially. It's a very, it's very weird. And like super, like super entrenched in like, multiple facets of like horrifying psychosis for parents. Like there's nothing about like, there's nothing about what mommy and daddy do throughout the movie that is even remotely like close. Like you wonder where the behavior started, not them, but like 
their parenting quote unquote, like whatever they believe in. It's a very strange thing. Cause like, I don't know is see here and speak. No, he was that from the Bible. I, I, I do not remember. Not really. No. Right. Um, I don't know where, the, where is that from? Is that a parable? I don't know. I don't know. See, that's <laughs> like that. I feel like there's something there. If I, knew, if I knew where it came from, if I did the proper research <laughs> and was monkeys. properly podcasting, then yeah. probably... <laughs> it was the little monkeys. Yeah. They were the first they action the figures. Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> there's something, you know, there to me about, uh, the willingness to defend your own misery. Like, because these are not happy people. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're, they're addicted to their own misery in such a way that they will like fucking fight for it. And if that's not white America, I don't know (laughs) what it is. Yeah, Alex. No, I'm just kidding. I'm part Middle I mean, Eastern, but you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong, though. That's exactly what it is. I'm not saying I agree with it. White America's terrible. You know We're what I'm garbage. saying? But like, like, it's just I, one of those things. And don't let me talk too much, because I definitely married a white person by choice. I had <laughs> You know? But I, I chose him because he was my best friend, and I, I love him a whole bunch, and I was just like, well, fuck it. Like, if the race war happens, I guess we on our own. Um... <laughs> Fine. A house divided. But, that house. next memoir. I think the but way like, you said it though, that's brilliant, that... right? This defending yeah. your misery. Yes. Because I was like, if that doesn't speak to what feels like our current moment, I don't know what is, right? No. Because we all have this idea, all like if money. someone came to get our kids, we're gonna fuck them up and you know, I'll fight for my family. But yeah. it's based on this idea that like your family gives your life some kind of greater meaning and that you love your family. When you take that love out, right, and you're just this hateful fucking flesh sack, it's really disturbing how far you'll go to just keep making things horrible. I think what's disturbing watching it now is how little the concepts in the movie have aged and how it's just like (laughs) there. Like you're just like watching. You're like, none of this has changed. Like that is like honestly the more terrifying part about the movie itself is you're just like literally nothing like. There's some fucking nut job with a, with a wife, and I'm not saying anybody's got people under the stairs. However, this is based on something that actually happened, which is nuts. But like, there Listen. still is that. There's that element of just people who like have no interest in falling in line with like, I won't say polite society, but like at least falling in line with like, <laughs> don't put kids under the stairs. Like Alex, let me explain something to you. <laughs> let me explain something to you, Alex. Every day that you or I are alive. Somebody's got somebody under some stairs. Okay. (laughs) That's why stairs were invented. Yeah. That's why Harold Potter. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody got somebody under some stairs. It happens all the time. There are so many stories about how some motherfucker trapped a bitch and 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 put her in a a shed under the ground in his backyard. We were were just talking about that. The Cleveland thing. Same yes. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. fucked up. Um, it just happened again, by it the did, way. Didn't it? In Excelsior Springs, yes. Missouri, where this old lady was like in her house, and all of a sudden this girl was banging on her door and she had a dog collar on and was like, Please, he's gonna kill me. My friends didn't make it. 
Jesus. I thought you were saying the old lady imprisoned her because she was banging on her door too. I knew about that. that. I did not know the context. Like my stories are on. This wasn't (laughs) like like some reverse black snake moan shit. This was like (laughs) (laughs) no, this is real. So it's like on the one hand, you watch this shit and it's like it's wild, it's fantastical. But on the other hand, you're like you're like because you gotta think like these are just the people we find out about. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you hear about all of a sudden a neighbor was walking past an abandoned house or something and he started hearing like somebody going, please help, please help. And then the cops come to the abandoned house and look around and find like two girls chained up in there or something like that or some kids or some shit, finding them in storage units and shit like that. It's like those are just the ones we find, (laughs) you know, in real life. Those are just the ones we find out about. So Do you think like, this used to happen as much, or is this something that came after we started taking pets? Listen, Juneteenth. Have you seen the way I'm people sorry. treat their pets, though? Listen to me. Juneteenth, okay, <laughs> happened because of how long they waited to tell slaves that they were already free. God damn it. They, it's true. They are. They have people. They got them. I do think so. I don't think it's just about pets, but I do think that um, I do think if people had less Rottweilers and more Labradors, um, <laughs> that maybe we we wouldn't. No, I'm just kidding. I love Rottweilers, but yeah, it's it's. <laughs> You're I just do. dog shaming everyone. I'm just sorry. Dog <laughs> like I was really about to like really commit to the bit, which I'm good for in most cases. But I can't, I, I can't go against, I can't speak against a dog. I don't know. It's something yeah. in me that wouldn't let me do it. I just, I think sometimes Cheers I look man. around at people and their pets and I'm like, this is not right. This yes. is not okay. These dogs need to be running free through meadows and shit. Yeah. I'm here like, yeah. put on your fucking Christmas sweater, right? Maybe yes, we all have a sure. little mom and dad deep down inside of us and Ooh. we don't want to admit it. Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh. I did get my dog a puffy vest. <laughs> <laughs> See, you think your dog, when it was, you know, being crafted by evolutions, like, I want a puffy vest? I mean, he doesn't complain. <laughs> Maybe he likes Like, the keep the chicken vest. nuggets coming and we're cool. <laughs> it was a deal with the devil those dogs made. He's like, uh, Perhaps the puffy vest works. You know, I'm like, when you put on this puffy vest and he's like, can I get another fry? Yeah. <laughs> this, is how, this is how I always feel about people with corgis. Like, the corgi people, like... Just genetic I feel bad. abominations. I feel bad for corgis. Like it is just one of those things. Terrible right? lives. You're just looking at these little brundle flies walking around, and you're like, <laughs> that poor animal is just like being yeah. showboated. It's terrifying. It's yeah, we just waddle. made bulldogs that literally can't sad. breathe any second of the day, and it's like, yeah. oh, for prance sure. around for my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, I know, and they're all so sweet because they're they're dogs, and they're the best. Yeah. It's just some dogs make you look at humans and want to be like, you know what? You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, no, you, just you the sh- fact that this movie, that. they weaponize their dog is fucking terrible. Right? Okay. If right. any dog that had like a nice home to live in would not be like hunting cannibals through yeah. the house. Right. And there are no bad breeds. There are just bad owners. That's right. Yes. Bad, bad dog bad. owners. And yeah. these, these owners are the worst. I don't know how we got on this, <laughs> this <laughs> the tangent. The worst owners. <laughs> They're because, not good. But like, what dog just a there's no like yeah, it's bad ownership. Yeah. Attack dogs don't exist. They're like they're built. That's not okay. You know, yeah. I probably should have known when I was younger that uh 
there was a good chance I wasn't going to have children because <laughs> I did like, cause as I'm thinking about it, like, man, I definitely got way more upset when the dog died in that movie yeah. than any person. Yeah. You know what's weird. Except I... Leroy. Oh, yeah. That kills me. Yeah. I mean, Secretary of Pussy got assassinated. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude. He has some fucking lines in this movie He's that so are fucking absolutely funny. unbelievable. Right like, words. Ving Rhames is the only actor <laughs> who could have made some of these lines work. You're like, holy shit. Like, it's it's a performance, man. To be fair, that's Ving Rhames as an actor. Yeah, yeah. he's just incredible. Like, you know? I'll, yeah. I, I'm not sure I can recall a movie that he's in where I'm like, only I would only feel like Ving Rhames could do this part. That's how like, I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel. Every nobody movie, else could have yeah. played that part in Baby Boy. No. Okay. Oh yeah. Shit. Oh man. It's brutal though, man. Watching watching so father good. just gun him down and he just yells, "Run, fool!" So even yeah. though he's the guy that brought this kid into this bad scenario, at the end he's still very noble he's and trying like doing to save the right this thing. Yeah, kid. he's the noble guy. And then just watching mom and dad just kind of lord over his body and they're almost like dancing about it. Yes. It's, yeah, it's fucking vile. Like it's, yeah. it's really, and that's the thing because you love being Rames so much, even though he's not doing technically good things, right? He's right. a criminal. But then but also there's... you're like, fuck mom and dad because they built this whole environment, right? I mean, Where they I hate fucking to be that destroyed guy. this whole neighborhood. He's teaching like, fool a trade, the, trade at least. Teaching him a trade. I don't know, man. I'm trying to find the silver lining it's here. I don't like the thing Rames died in this movie. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> you mostly just hang out in vans. It's it's. Fellowship. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, mom and dad creating a scenario where Ving Rhames, that's his best option to get money, and then fucking killing him and gleefully dancing about it is really oh, fucking. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it does like set up the ending me. being sort of satisfying, <laughs> even though it's not really that satisfying. Oh, that, that part really fucking got me. That was my saddest moment of the movie, right? Yeah. And then you just pair it with this every time the cops do get called. They just walk Ugh. around and they're like, what nice parents, right? Dad puts on like his red fishing hat and they're like, what a guy. And then he opens the room full of like dildos and harnesses and machine guns. And like, <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was weird. It was weird watching this after watching that Dahmer series because I was yes. just like, man, Damn. it's just we, we've been doing this since like forever. Right. And like okay. we've had this bit. I know we're not talking about Dahmer, but I'll never not, get the but... episode out of my head where the cops just walked the 14 year old boy back up to his apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the scariest shit I've ever seen or heard in my life. Yeah. It, that's real. It is. That guy ended up being the chief of police, by the way. That dude. Yeah. Get they got the awards. They yeah, got they got awards. awards. <laughs> they got commendations, and the main guy with the weird name ended up being the chief of police and retired with full pension. Like, yeah. I fucking hated that. <laughs> I read yeah. that online. I'm like, I fucking hate this place. Yo, these older generations fucked us, bro. Like... They fucked us to bits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then they Not wonder okay. why we're into all this shit we're into. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. you guys were pressing us down so hard. If no I got to live in the world you created for me, you bet your ass I'm going to get high. <laughs> you better <laughs> not take me to jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hear that, Biden? You hear that? <laughs> you motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying. Time to wake Grandpa up and get that shit signed. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so let's talk about Alice a little bit, the daughter. 
Oh, man. I thought yeah. she was a really interesting character. The part where they revealed that her dolls were former victims. Holy shit. Bro. That was a great touch. Man. Ashley, what did you make of Alice in this movie? Oh, man. I mean, there's so much going on there, right? Like, she's just a little girl. And she got these little dolls and, you know, her her little adopted brother living the walls and his tongue got cut out. And her mommy and daddy are brother and sister and she don't like them and they don't really like her either. But at least she's not in the basement getting ate <laughs> yeah. up. By yeah, she's the just other trying kids. so hard she's to just not have survive, any man. bad cut out of her. It's that, just... that first scene, right, when mom's like, where's your fork? And the little yes. hand reaches it up to her. I was like, that's such a beautiful scene in act one, right? right. It kind of totally describes the horror and kind of fun genre elements of this movie. Right. It's so fucking depraved. But then by the time we get to the end and like mom's giving her that fucking hot water bath. Right. Ugh. And then she's up in the attic and you get the real sense that when father, they do that like almost a Palma shot, right? The foreground and background. And he comes in looking to see if Alice is okay. And the mom's like, I said, come down here to me. You're like, oh shit. Like, why is she so worried about dad being up there alone with Alice? It's, there's so many things that the more you think about it, like once you get past the kind of fun of the movie, it really sat with me after watching this. I was like, it's right? really like, I'm just running yeah. this shit through my head. Like this is fucking insane. Right. I don't think most people would say that it's a, a particularly scary film. No. I think everyone gets caught up on the fun like and games the, of it, but it I, sits with you in a really it's perverse thrilling. way. I like yeah, that it, it has. Yeah. Sorry. I like that it has this title and immediately we understand what's going on. Like there's no like big reveal. We see yeah. a hand behind the wall. We're like, cool. Got it. Somebody actually is under the stairs. Great. Thank you. Like, yeah. Good to know. I like that there's not this like big fucking preamble, like you're leading up to like a big reveal in the third act. It's literally an integral part of the story rather than it being like, you know, you're waiting for him to show up. That kind right. of thing. And the poster's have, like the skull, right? So it's like, you know, the skeletons in the closet kind of thing. I thought it's yeah. just great. What's the light that's in there with the cannibal kids? Because it's like. <laughs> that's mom and dad's drone, so they can make sure they're acting. It's a bright good. light in there, it feels like. It's wild. I used to have nightmares of like that, like bright light between wood slats and some like people going, fool, fool. And I'd be like, ah, and like terrified. That always, it was like, that was creepy to me. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I have also wondered what the motivated light was in the, I mean, again, like it's, it's a movie. It's the 90s. Like they're not asking for like where the it's light the source is coming from. the truth trying to be set you know, free, Alex. We're That's not making, you know, we're not doing Game of Thrones lighting. Like they're trying to make this like a real thing. Which is thing. no lighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm you saying? I, yeah. I, I don't it. know. I, I thought Alice was a really sympathetic character, right? It kind of personalized the whore in a way. Yeah. And then you pair her with Fool, who is this is one of my favorite horror movie characters. He's such an awesome character. Is but I, I love the idea. Right. Because they talk about at the start. Right. With the tarot card. Right. That's your card. The Fool. And you think they're kind of making fun of him. But at the end, she talks about how um, when he turned the Fool turns from the cliff and all the the boy parts were burnt out and he became a man. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cool way to look at this. Right. That this kid who's forced into this fucking horrifying situation way too young. Yeah just takes it on himself to be like i'm gonna fucking fix this yeah. and the way he is so heroic walking through this house i remember even as a kid right how much that meant to me that there was a little boy who was standing up against all of this scary shit 
Yeah. I, I fucking love Fool in this movie. He's so funny and charming mm. and heroic. I, I think he's just the best, man. He's yeah. not a coward. He went back for her. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's the lesson, right? If we that's all would fucking is. help He's people not, out. <laughs> like little thing. kids are like little kids are understandably scared of a lot of like they're yeah. scared of a lot of things in the world, but like this is the thing that's awesome about Especially fools. this world. He, <laughs> yeah. But this is the like he embodies that nature of children to not be scared of things. Like because the world is so big and children don't see the world like as big as it like children don't perceive the world we, the way we do. So like they're stepping into a situation just cold and they can like fool understands that he's in over his head, but he's like, I don't care. Like it's going to happen this way. Like that's what I love about that character. But the truth of the matter is that's what the most emotionally healthy adults do. <laughs> yeah. Is they trust their guts and they bet yeah. on themselves. They're, they're yeah. on their own side. And I'm not saying that I necessarily believe that this little boy should have decided to go into these people's house by himself, <laughs> even though it ended no. up working out for, I guess, the best. Not uh, a great idea. It's not a great idea. Yeah. There is something there about knowing what you have to do, knowing yeah. like what your thing is, knowing what, what your pool is, whatever it is, and trusting that. And a lot of us get socialized out of that over the course of our lives or in the course of transitioning into a, adulthood. Um, but some of us have it the other way where we transition into adulthood, not with like necessarily our dream shattered, but with them being sort of like our dream of who we could be being like kind of still intact. Yeah. Like, like I've really showed up for myself every time and it has actually ultimately always worked out for the best. Yeah. Well, it's, I think so many people were so trained, right. To not rock the boat. Right. For and sure. then like something like this, right. You, there's so many ways that if you just any kind of information or bad story like this, there's all these, this equivocating, right mm -hmm. like well this was like an isolated thing and this and that and what i love about fool is he's just got that that thing that all of us have inside and we try so hard to ignore which is kids just instantly know what is right and what is wrong and right. if you cut out all the bullshit there's no two ways about it and he's like that's a bad thing and it needs to be fixed i promised yeah. her a lot of us make promises all the time then we're like well this is gonna fuck with this and it's gonna make things messy and we just For let sure. shit slide because we don't want to be involved in anything that's too tumultuous and i think that's kind of a, another thing that this movie illustrates really well is if we all just keep doing that and just turning an eye and just focusing on our own little shit this is what fucking happens right and so i think that yeah, him yeah. just fighting back against that um it really meant a lot to me as a kid and as an adult <laughs> damn griff yeah. Like right. I think you're making me see a different element of it that probably spoke to me as well, but that yeah. I had trouble recognizing, I think, probably just because of the genre, because I would have known that shit about like Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would Don't go in that fucking chocolate factory. You know what I mean? I mean Willy like... Wonka's also got people under the chocolate stairs. Let's that's yeah. true. <laughs> oh my God. shit he does. He really oh does. My God damn. <laughs> He just wears a purple jacket instead of a gimp suit, but it's pretty much Stop the same it. movie. Why it's true. Same movie. <laughs> yep. Why? We never really see those kids leave after they get, you know, bamboozled. 
Yeah. What's fucked up is that that's so accurate. Oh, oh my God. I'm so mad at you. See? Bro. Yep. The powers really of wonky. capitalism destroying us, putting us <laughs> under the stairs. It's all there. It's, it's all, all right there. Oh my God. He even sends out his little fucking henchman, Wormwood or Wentworth, whatever, to fucking go lure them in with candy. And Chocolate yeah. Factory's one big windowless van. You know, Should they talk about how all our media is so woke now. Our media was pretty woke back then. Yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas is all about cultural appropriation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, back then we just Shit. didn't talk about it. Right? Yeah, we just didn't say it. We were like, just oh, like, oh, that's charming. A skeleton's putting oh, dead heads so under a tree. That's adorable. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, Jack got his ass kicked trying to fuck with Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Literally got blown out of the sky. He did. He sang Just a whole trying. song about it. God, he dude. put Santa under the stairs. Oh my God. Oh my. Every oh, movie, Santa man. put him under the stairs Rip, being elitist please. about Christmas. Oogie Boogie is the cannibals. Santa under out there the in stairs. the stairs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then Daddy now Jack just... comes down. Santa and the Easter Bunny were all very elitist about their holidays. Now I'm thinking about the cannibal kids being like, my bugs, my bugs. <laughs> oh, dude, that would have been awesome. Oh, God. Oh, I have to now watch that. Oh, my God. There's All some new really bad masks in this movie. Like, really oh. bad. Um, um, I guess I was going to say special effects, but they're not that special. It's more <laughs> so like... <laughs> I don't know what to call them. It's like, it's it's just really bad. And like, there's this one scene in particular that always cracked me up where mom, the mom is coming after Alice uh, with a knife. Um, yeah. yeah. And all scene. of the kids start to bust just up. Just blown out the of the house. house. Yeah. And at one point, one of them, like when she backs up against like a grate, like just comes through that fucking grate, like near her ankle and just like takes a bite out of crime. Yep. And <laughs> she <laughs> and the you and like the mask is so bad that it looks like all the skin on their head has come off or something. Yeah. And it's just hanging out around their shoulders i know which one you're talking about it looks like a like it looks like a like a dirty burlap sack like kind of like exposed out of their head yeah it does like, I, like, it's I like the first i like the first person under the stairs literally blowing up from under the stairs to bite that lady's arm that's like right i was like that's that, on the nose but i'm gonna take it that's that's I a win. Accept it. it's so fucking righteous right because she's yeah. opens the door right and like the whole community's there and she's like there is no community slams the door right and she's talking to her like i see you right her daughter and it's like now's your time to fucking join your siblings and it's just it's this fucking absolute euphoric eruption of cosmic justice right when they start getting her and that scene in the end when she's in the kitchen right and she's sitting there you know waving her knife around and you know alice just like you never were my mom and they just dive on her and rip her to shreds yeah. I mean, that is you can't have this movie without that release. Right. If yeah, I have right. one critique, it's that dad should have also gotten that kind of thing. Yeah. Instead of just but like, I mean, you know, kind of the bomb. Sewage. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good. Too, but see, it was but- <laughs> so it was so just like it happened. Like it was like I want like if maybe I mean, a fool like drowned like him in sewage. Fucking, would have been cool, it's like the ending of an opera. Right. It's just it's way the fuck up here. And you're like, yeah, you're literally right. cheering on cannibals eating this lady. That's right? true. 
And you're just like, yeah, that needed to happen. And I'm still it did about it. so that they didn't eat the community members when they, you know, if who well. was really thinking shit through, he should have brought a social worker to that bitch because then he's going to need something or somebody after that. Yeah, there is a question at the end of the movie, right? When the doors open and they're just like walking out into the darkness as the community kind of gathers around Fool. Yeah. You're like, what does that next week look like? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cash, <laughs> What's going on? Cash I mean, explodes into the sky. Hopefully Fool the cannibals were out. stuffing their pockets so they're loaded, right? Maybe they'll yeah. have like a Home Alone 2 weekend. I don't and know. All these cannibals just walk <laughs> into the streets. Like, like, do they try a like, you know, a five guys and they're like, mm, this is way better than human flesh. <laughs> Or, no. or that makes me think about them kids that broke out of their parents' house. Remember the little girl had to break out and all them kids were yep. in there. And uh, I saw the video of her talking to the cop when she like found somebody and she's talking to the cop for the first time. And the thing that the cop was like, hmm, was because he was like, do you take any medications? Are you on any mm. medicine? Because the stuff she was telling him was so like, like so messed up and she was like what's medicine and he was like <sighs> yeah. like medication like do you take a pill and she was like i don't know what that is i don't know what that means and i was like oh my god and so yep. like if this girl didn't know what medication and pills were what what these cannibal kids gonna do <laughs> who will take care of the cannibal teens Good point. And who's mm. gonna get? I mean, is Roach's body still in the walls? Did it? Did it blow out? He got like, burned up. He got yeah, burned he got up burned in up. the furnace. Did he get burned up in the furnace. Yeah. Oh, he did. See, so this is L.A. The cannibals walk out into the streets. They probably end up at that bar I used to get spanked at. Yeah, probably. Maybe one night at Bar Sinister. This feels like home. Yeah, <laughs> I think they end up. Someday the three up. of us will meet up in L.A. and we'll go get spanked at Bar Sinister together. They to definitely end up in the valley. <laughs> <laughs> and then smoke a blunt outside the house. Hell yep. yeah! No, I, I think there I think is they all a, definitely there is a really valley. serious problem. <laughs> yeah, I feel like over under like ten people get eaten that weekend. I think that's a good line to set. I think yeah. so too. Because it's they're they not used to waiting. As soon as they get the tummy <laughs> rumbles, <laughs> that's <true>. everybody's <laughs> a drumstick. That's true. They don't have that children of the corn light behind them telling them what to do. Yeah, not at all. No, no. They go for it. They're yeah. they're in it. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of it, funny. Again, it's just like unaddressed. Like they're just meandering out. But maybe that's the the theme of the movie, right? It's Is weird it the that misery that's the you beget just spreads out and becomes other people's fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But fool won the day, right? The money's raining down, right? I feel yeah, like yeah. a million bucks. Ultimately, absolutely, he did. Yeah. Ultimately. The hood won that day, to be That's perfectly true. honest. Like, yeah. money was coming out the chimney, and those people had old, crusty, dusty money. Yeah. So, you know, some of them bills might be worth even more than what, you know. Right. So they, they actually probably, were. Then you like, can, you like, never know. Not that the like hood properly would loot the house. Yeah. yeah. They've got, like, you know, the memorabilia that's worth a lot of money, too. For sure. Kind of thing. Probably For sure. bearer bonds. I would have raided the fuck out of that bitch. They would have been like, get out, yeah. it's on fire. And I would be yeah. like, shit. <laughs> nope. In a I'm minute. on fire. Yeah, in a minute. <laughs> that's the other yeah. kind of, like, nefarious. The thing I love about the way Wes Craven does this movie, too, is there is a real scary question left at the end of the movie, which is what happens 10 minutes from now when the cops show up? Exactly. And they yeah. just cleared these 
fucking crazy parents of any wrongdoing, and now their house is on fire, and everyone's scooping up money off the street. And also, y'all let the cannibal kids go. Who is there yeah, to right. even like say there was kids under the stairs or anything? Shit. That's right. Yeah. What is that? I mean, that really does. There's a Are real, they going to listen th- to Alice's a, that's a, that's a, story? That's a pretty quality LAPD critique right there. You're like, you oh, cool, cops turn around. Great, thanks. I just this it was very... it's this joyous moment that when you like five minutes after the movie ends, they're like, oh, it's like a it's like the alternate ending of Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not fucking wrong, right? Do we think it's going to be a happy ending for all these people? Is that what the movie's telling us? I hope so. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I do. The cops either. are sitting there drinking her fucking tea and cookies and shit. Like, wow, what a nice lady. You know them cookies had pubes in them. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Them you don't cookies, think mom and dad keep a trim? Them cookies looks like they just have foreign bodies in them. Yeah. Me. I never would have ate them cookies, but I'm also black. And we... We don't eat at everybody's house, and we don't eat everybody's food. So <laughs> That would be a good thing for me to implement on my weight loss journey. We don't do potlucks or none of that shit. Really? Pro- not really. Like, we might bring <laughs> stuff, but we're not going to eat a bunch of other people's stuff. We're going to be like... That's fair. We're going to eat I like stuff. Everywhere like... I go, the first thing I do is, how much food can I eat? Everywhere I am immediately. I'm you begging know what? for it. You'll, what you'll notice is that black people will just start asking you who made what. It's not, they won't. I need some accountability on these fucking crackers. They're going to be like, oh, potato salad. Who made that? Who brought the charcuterie board? Like, (laughs) they're going to make it sound nice. Like, they're just interested, but they're really assessing. Because Uh... if you, if they, if you got, what if, like, you brought the potato salad, but on your desk, you got a picture of yourself kissing your cat in the mouth? Yeah. I got to put all the pieces <laughs> Those together before I decide. Those that sounds like a very personal highlight from your judging own memory. Judging who cooked the food <laughs> is a big part of it. I think judging who cooked the food should be a big part of any potluck situation. Right? Honestly, See, this dude, is why you said Alex die, was no. a little <laughs> ethnic. <laughs> I'm a little ethnic. I have Italian, but that's still white people. So that's, that's, that's like, white. Don't do that. It's like, this is America. It's like white people with sauce. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can get all the tan you want. It's white. It's no, spicy it's white. white. Honestly, That's though, if, you, if you had too. to die, wouldn't eating a ton of food at a potluck be a great way to die? No. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, top 10 best ways to but die, see, that's got to be up there. This another thing, too. I do. I, like, everyone wants their heart to explode during the best sex of their life. That might not happen for a lot of us. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a cultural thing. I judge people regardless of that in that regard. Like, you brought oh, that. I know, mm, I know for you For me, it's, it's just a health issue. I like to. Yeah. I like to keep myself together. I don't, I don't like foreign bodies in my food. I like people. <laughs> yeah, people cook like people cooking meat. I don't know what their meat temperature preference is. Like that's not okay. Like I don't even know what meat temperature is, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck. Well, that I means. know how you. I know is how that, you like. like I know how you eat out? though. I know how you eat though, and like yeah, like people will like make their shit rare, and it'll be real bad for you. Like you're not. You're not. I don't eat bloody guy. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I totally do. No. I'm like no. a medium rare steak if it's a uh, questionable quality, and uh, <laughs> if I know it's a uh, prime shit, then I'm I'm going rare, baby. Yeah. I'm not like a blue rare, yeah, but yeah. I'm definitely I, I love a rare steak with some mashed potatoes and broccoli. That's that's my <laughs> comfort meal, probably. Yeah, 
I think if you're doing like steak and eggs at a diner, I'm okay with it being like <laughs> you know, cooked. Yeah, yeah. Steak and eggs at a diner because if you're at a diner, the the questionable situation. If you're at a diner and you're up. getting steak and eggs, I mean, like, I don't know what's going on. But, I think you know. if you're in a diner getting steak and eggs, you there's something going on in your life where a little bit of you is like, you need that. Fuck shit. it. Yeah. Like, and not fuck it. Like, fuck it. I'll get what I want. No, but you're like, fuck it. Like, who cares about anything? Yeah. That's where I'm at in life. I'll never forget. I was a bouncer at this bar at Ball State <laughs> called the Chug. And there was this guy that rolled up one night. And we were like down these cement steps, right? And he had this like fucking huge, like Professor X wheelchair, right? Uh-huh. The guy was maybe like two feet tall, right? His body was all twisted and whatever was happening, right? So he couldn't really function. But he drive this fucking chair. And I just remember hearing him like yell down at me like, hey, hey. And I was like, what the fuck? And I walked up there. He's like, I want to go in the bar. And I was like, what? And so one of the bouncers picked up this little guy. And walked him down the stairs. And me and the other guy carried his, like, 600-pound wheelchair down in there. He rolls up to the bar and got a chug mug, right, which is his 24-ounce, like, drink you could get. And he got a well whiskey and soda. And I was just like, that cup is fucking half of his body height. Like, why are you serving this guy? And the bartender looked at me and he goes, have you ever seen a person more in need of a drink in your life? What years were you the bartender there? Uh, let's see. So I got to college in 20 or 2002, right? Yeah. So probably by like 2004 to 2006 or seven, I was the bouncer at the chug. Yo, I think I know that guy. Yeah. I think I know that guy. He was a nice guy, but like he would have like two drinks and be like blackout drunk. Oh, for sure. And we carry him back up the stairs and he'd fucking roll away into the night. And when he, when my bartender said that, like, what else can that guy worry about? He just wants to fucking get drunk. I was like, that makes perfect sense to me. He did. And he would roll away into the night. And at times, at times, he would not make it all the way home. And he would just really? stop somewhere. and like taking a nap real quick. <laughs> and like, he'd be there for like 15, 20 minutes. And then like, right when you'd be like, mm, let me go check on this guy. And then yeah. as soon as you like had that thought, he'd zoom <laughs> off again. Yeah. I always worried about him. I don't know. <laughs> Get all the way home. No, he's cool, man. He's all right. <laughs> it was it was there one of those of things those as a young guy. He's someone cool. just completely flipped the way I looked at something. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I get you. I'm with you. Very much like what people under the stairs does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> what? I can't. He said same shit. Same shit. Same shit. I mean, <laughs> no. White but... people acting a fool in the basement. That's what was happening. Okay, well, that, I, yeah, like, I give you that for sure. Same shit. That was Same my shit. life. <laughs> Ashley, final love letter to People Under the Stairs. <laughs> people Under the Stairs is a seminal film in the horror genre, not to mention the black horror genre, because you know how we do it. And I think that everybody should watch it, especially racists who steal from the people. <laughs> I agree. Should I absolutely this be can't improve on that. That is the summation of this movie. Like when we were in school, everyone had to watch Roots. Maybe the day after you should watch People Under the Stairs too. You know what? I feel like uh, this is a curriculum I could draw up and influence uh, in the state legislature. Hell yeah. 
I think yeah. we need more of this in our lives. We really do. You got to stare at these hard truths. More this is involved. Have you this really? This is better social yeah. commentary than a lot of other <laughs> shit. That we have. I was like, "What are you, you going to go canvas and all?" That? No. I slammed the door in a canvasser's face this weekend, and I felt like the most American thing I've ever done. Right. It's just this old was- motherfucker. I was playing video games in my boxers. I opened the door and like. Who knows if he saw my dick or whatever, right? Cause it's just like the little dick hole with no button. And I'm just like, what? And he goes, hey, I'm here to talk to you about the Republican Party. I just went and fucking slammed Later. the door in this old ass man's face. And I was like, he's probably like, this is not how I thought my Sunday was going to start. <laughs> and I felt truly American in that moment. I really did. <laughs> All right. That's it, guys. Thank you, Ashley, for making the time and talking about this wonderful movie with us. I, I look forward to it every year hell yeah <laughs> absolutely all right guys go find all ashley's stuff you'll find it in the show details uh hopefully you'll be back whenever you want carp launch to come back whenever yeah. whenever they make a sequel to junior Yes. <laughs> is there ever a time we needed a movie called junior more than right now this is a chopper <laughs> <laughs> And the chopper's in my uterus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next month for uh, Erotic Whore Month. The pod gets stuffed <laughs> for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I knew we'd get it with that. Later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>